1: Okay, welcome back to the Comic Book Pit. This is episode 348. I'm Dan, and with me, uh, we've got Scott. What's up, people? And Sean. Hey, gang. And Comic Book Pit is uh, your weekly comic book discussion podcast, uh, but we talk about much more than that. You know, if it's related to comics... We'll talk about it in some way, shape, or form. Uh, obviously, things are a lot different now as we are, uh, you know, we're in, uh, what, week three of the uh, isolation and everything's different. Comics are, are, the comic industry is kind of in a upheaval. So we're kind of uh, cobbling together episodes as we go because there really are new, uh, no new comics. These days. And it, it kind of got me thinking. Because I I just started. You know. The, in the past few months. I just started reading. Some really good comics. And I'm really bummed. That I'm not getting them. Now obviously. That's you know. on the In the grand scheme of things. You know not getting your comics. Is not that big a deal. But this is a comic book podcast. So. We want to have fun and we want to talk about comics, so that's what we're going to do. Earlier in the week, I I put the question out to you guys. You know, is there anything that you guys have been reading recently that obviously you're not getting now because of because of the pandemic?
2: Yeah, um, the the big one for me was um, the uh, Batman Curse of the White Knight, um, because because the next issue is the final issue. And it's oh. like, how, you know, how long did this series take? Not that it took a long time, but, you know, um, you know, hats off to Sean Murphy, you know, cause he pretty much did the whole thing with a little help from Matt Hollingsworth. Um, but I mean, it's been what, two years in the making, I think uh, I'm guessing or a year, two years, mm-hmm. definitely beginning of 2019. Um, and so he's on book seven of eight and it's like <laughs> oh, I just man. need to read the last one. <laughs> like it's over. And uh
1: Yeah. And that really sucks because you, you you know the book is probably done.
2: Yeah, it's gotta be done. I mean I'm sure he has it all complete. This wasn't like a pencils down like <laughs> like I've heard, you know <laughs> Yeah, like I've no, you're heard really that not. in the industry.
1: I think it was Marvel or DC. Like they, like you said, they said pencils down,
2: like everybody stopped working. Yeah. So there are books in progress that are not currently even being worked on. Um, which is kind of that, that actually makes me sadder than not having the books coming out. Just means that they're, you know, they're being creatively stymied, stymied, I guess. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so I don't know. You had mentioned a couple, too, I think, a couple of books.
1: Yeah, well, um, yeah, we can we can just go around the circle here, but uh, I'm going to hop over to Marvel, and I was really digging the new Star Wars series.
2: Oh, yeah. That,
1: that picked up after the events of The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. And I, not that I didn't expect to enjoy it, but I think I'm enjoying... I think what four issues have come out so far.
2: Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I, I think I enjoyed the first few issues of this series more than I did the first few issues of the series that started a couple years ago with Jason Aaron and John Cassidy,
2: the new hope. Yeah. Post new hope. And now this is like post empire.
1: Yeah. And okay. I, I think because yeah. this is like, the, the new paradigm for this story is it's it's not the the typical group of heroes from the first movie. It's you know it, it's like this kind of thrown together. it's it, it, and everyone is in crisis. You've got you know Lando who's who's a big question mark. like they don't know if they still don't know if they can trust him. Right. Uh, Luke is having this huge crisis of conscience because he doesn't know if he's worthy to even be a Jedi because he just finds out that Darth Vader is his dad. Um, Princess Leia is, she, you know, she is trying to get Han back and she's trying to keep the rebellion together. So it's like, this is the, this is the, this is the stuff that like good stories are made of, like characters that are off their game.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think they, they, they rolled in like you know, like um, you know, they were high rollers in the in the other one because they seemed like they were winning at everything. Mm-hmm. And now they're like, you know, the, the one of the story elements of this series is that the Empire has has a spy or the, a tracking system, and they're finding the Rebel fleet, even though they scattered. They're finding them, and they're like, "Holy crap! We don't even know if the rebellion is still." around because we're Mm -hmm. all scattered and we know that they got our number, you know? So that's another. Yeah. And, um, the other thing I'm really enjoying too, is Darth Vader. Um, and his, he's also having the crisis of faith now too, because, you know, the, even him just finding out in the previous series, finding out about Luke really shook his world. But now he's also like, I don't trust the emperor. You know, and like, you know, what do I do? You know, and I need to find Luke again. You know,
1: well, plus, so, you know, they were like, you've got all these, all, you've got all these back payments for child support. Yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they'll they'll knock on every door, man. You know, like I don't care where Vader's setting up. <laughs> they will. They will garnish his credits. <laughs> he's sleeping on couches. Yeah, he's he's trying to.
3: But, but yeah,
1: they will come to where you work and they will track you. <laughs> um,
3: that's why he doesn't go to Tatooine because he knows just Jawas are just going <laughs> to come.
1: That's right. <laughs> him <for> someone's <laughs> someone's going to drop a dime <laughs> on him. <laughs> um, well, Sean, uh, you, I, you had mentioned something pre show about something that you were missing.
3: Yeah, I. Um, I'm kind of sad to hear that uh, "Strange Tales" is on hiatus. Oh yeah, or not "Strange Tales," uh, "Strange Adventure," right? With uh, Adam Strange, yeah, um, by Tom King, and I, I, actually really enjoyed it. Like I, I did too. Wow. And, yeah, uh,
1: yeah, yeah. That was one. That was one of my books that I, uh, that I was really bummed out about too, because it. Yeah, we we only got the first issue.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think. You know what? Now I think about it. Last time uh, that we recorded, Dan, I think you had mentioned that Tom King was writing it. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. why didn't I read it yet? So then I went and read it immediately. That's right. Now it's like, now I'm like, oh, great. Now I can't even read this one.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Now, unfortunately, I would recommend people not read it because you're going to be bummed out that you can't keep reading it. I would say, you know, well, I mean, buy it. If you can find it, buy it. I mean, you know, you got to support the industry and everything, but, you know, don't, it's going to break your heart because you're going to read this great first issue and then you're going to want more. And, you know, who knows when we're going to get more. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I actually, when you said strange adventures, I actually bought, I also bought strange Academy and that's another, that's another first issue, uh, you know, with a no, (laughs) no second issue in sight.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think that was another one that we talked about on one of the last episodes. I think Jared and link both read and enjoyed that. And okay. Yeah. And I, I didn't, but I, I heard enough good things about it that I, I probably will check it out. I, and I, I can probably, st- I mean, I, I, you know, I, I get all my stuff, th- um, comiXology anyway, so I could probably still oh, find it. One. Yeah,
2: um, Scott Young and Umberto Ramos.
1: Yeah, which is yeah. funny because th- th- those are typically two two creators that do not a- attract me to a book. And I'm not saying like they're bad. I mean they they definitely have you know, legions of fans, but their style is just not something that I'm that, you know, you know draws me in, but it, it sounds like they're a good, at least for this first issue, the only issue they've they've been able to put out so far that they were, you know, it sounds like they put out a good first issue.
2: Um, yeah. I, just my, this is just my quick soundbite review is um, I love the character designs. And I love the the uniqueness of each character. Like they're from places in the multiverse that, you know, normally would just be full of bad guys. But they're like, here's this, you know, frost giant girl, you know, who does magic. And it's like, oh that's cool. Um that said, I, I didn't think the hook was that good in this. Like I you know, to read to wanna to read the next issue. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's probably my only hang up on it. I just didn't think it was I mean, because there are so many characters, I think that just kind of, they didn't get to the story. So, yeah. but, you know, it's definitely worth a check for sure. So,
1: so you think it, maybe it's suffered a little from having to, like having to introduce too many characters so, at once? There's
2: so many, so many students that they had to introduce and they're all so unique, you know, but it does feel a lot like, um, you know, like a generation X kind of book, you know, like back then. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, if you stick around, you know, it might be, you know, it could turn into something really, really fantastic. So,
1: yeah. Cool. um, Well, not to mention, I mean, aside from all the new characters, from what I remember, all the instructors in strange Academy are, are all uh, established uh, yeah, magic based heroes.
2: Yeah, I thought it was. I thought that was cool because they just kind of did like a quick. They're like, "Here's the staff, you know. Here's the, the workers, and you know, mm-hmm. and like throwing in um, Scarlet Witch and uh, you know, and uh, what Doctor Voodoo now? You know, he's uh, he's kind of the main guy. You know, like he's kind of like the. You know, even though it's Doctor Strange's school, you know, um. Voodoo's the guy, you know, He's the guy that's, run, you know, that's going to be featured. So, I thought that was cool too.
1: Yeah, I always liked Doctor Voodoo in that he, you know, he was one of those like, kind of like C-list characters, but you could tell that a few like, was it like five or ten years ago that they were trying to do something with him? Like, they made him the Sorcerer Supreme,
2: right? That's when while. he became Doctor instead of Brother.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, doc. Yeah, he was Doctor Voodoo. Yeah, the Sorcerer Supreme, and yeah. he had his own book for. I don't think it lasted very long, though.
2: I don't know, you know, because it's the same thing that they always do, though, is they, 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 they roll that out like it's going to be permanent, and then they all of a sudden just change it back. Mm-hmm. You know, just like how they do, with, you know, a new Captain America and you know, new Thor and new everybody else. So they did the same thing. They're like, oh, it's a new Sorcerer Supreme, and they're like, oh, I'm just kidding. You know, like a year later, it was back you know, status
1: quo. Yeah. I feel like it only, it maybe only went like six or eight issues. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was kind of a shame. I, I was kind of digging that, but I, I, I guess it just didn't resonate with everybody.
2: Yeah. I don't know, but yeah, this was, it just looked, you know, I was like, Scott, you know, I like Scotty young too. And I'm like, all right, I got to check it out. That was mainly, but like, and I'm, you know, I'm burnt Ramos. I, I don't always buy his stuff, but I did like this, this book. I thought it definitely a good. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I, I heard that he wasn't like the, 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 his art styling was it was, you could still tell it was him, but I guess it wasn't as extreme as were you yeah. seeing his, his art.
2: Yeah. I think they know, I think some of the guys that do like really crazy stuff, um, but when they when they do like a Marvel book, they try to do more of a house style for Marvel, mm-hmm. you know, and try to reel it in a little more. So, um, yeah, I don't know. So it's like, it's just more paneled. You know, I think this is the main difference. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's it.
3: Okay. Good stuff. <laughs> cool. I'll to um, try to get a copy of it. Uh, yeah. Those two actually kind of like, as soon as I knew that they were going to be on the, uh, as a creative team, I was like, oh, okay, now I guess I'll have to definitely go get it. And I was actually trying to look at it on Comixology, but I guess I was just looking on the wrong week, so now that I know it's out, I'll probably go buy it. I think it was
2: the same week as Strange Adventures. Okay. Or whatever. Because I was just like, alright, I'm buying all the Strange books today.
1: Oh, yeah, that, <laughs> you know what? I think yeah. you're right. That sounds familiar, that, that both of those number ones came out at the same on the same week and they were both yeah strange. Yeah.
3: <laughs> it's like all right. <laughs> and that's when all this stuff came collapsing. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Strange week. Too and many everything strange. Everything shut down. Yeah. When everything <laughs> shut down. They just couldn't handle that much strange. <laughs> <laughs> um uh so aside from uh
1: aside from comics, anything else you guys are Missing shows or movies or anything?
2: Well, they're pushing movies back, so I mean that's kind of a bummer, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. But I did. I guess uh, Vin Diesel's Bloodshot's
3: already out. Is that Bloodshot? Yeah, it came that's like already- a digital something like Amazon yeah. or.
1: Yeah, I think it did hit the theaters, but I, I think it was right on the cusp of it, it. It came out like the week before things started shutting down, like um kind of like how uh, C2E2 went on like the same thing. It was like a a week before everything just kind of hit the fan. They still managed to squeeze it in. Yeah. But um, I think I heard that like it it, it did come out. It didn't do very well, but it doesn't sound like Corona or not. It doesn't sound like it would have done any better, you know?
2: Yeah. I I think it's, Probably a straight the video kind of, you know, like I, I would have waited anyway. So, like, yeah. it's kind of nice that, you know, I probably will watch it a lot sooner. And that's what I was going to say is part of my, you know, just being at home now, um, I have a list of, I think I talked about this before too, but I I, made a, I have a list of DC movies that I need to catch up on. So, you know, mm-hmm. um, Aquaman, Justice League.
3: Oh, you still haven't seen Aquaman?
2: Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> I know I'm way behind. And then
3: you, um, you're not missing much with with Justice League, but I I I personally I liked Aquaman like a lot. Okay, like it was just I, fun. I,
2: that will definitely be next. But we were we started watching Birds of Prey the other night. Uh, Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and, so, yeah,
1: that I still haven't seen. I, that's something I'm probably going to watch during all this.
2: And that's what I want to do is like all those all those DC movies, I just fell, fell behind and I just want to get caught back up. So, um, I think I only missed like, I mean, I did see Shazam and I think, you know, Batman versus Superman, I think was the last one I saw in the, in that line. So,
0: yeah. um, And Shazam.
1: that's another one I haven't seen.
3: Shazam's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's fun. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I was really impressed how good it was. I was, I mean, the all the trailers and promotions really looked great. But sometimes, you know, I've seen that before where it's like, oh, this looks like a really interesting movie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you show up and it's like, it sucks. But this one actually was really good. I think the only pitfall was they kind of, like, it seemed, I guess now I'm looking back on it. Like, it kind of seemed like it was marketed to kids a little bit. Yeah. But then, like, you looked at some of the stuff, and I was like, whoa, okay, no, we we can't have little kids seeing this. The movie starts, (laughs)
2: like,
3: the movie starts out
2: in that cinematic DC universe, like, where it's grungy and sad and depressing, you know, and then then it, it finds its way out. You know, like I think as the movie goes, Mm -hmm. it becomes like a fun movie Mm -hmm. and, you know, and and happy at at the end instead of instead of, you know, like, oh, you know, we we fought and we won. You know, they're they're like, you know, we won. We had a good time doing it. You know, so it's like, okay you know, like they actually found a way to be. And that's why I think I kind of got burned out on the DC ones was just because they were so grim all the time that mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. you know, um, yeah, but yeah, so I'm catching up on them. Harley Quinn's, uh, it's good, but it's also like, it's so chaotic in the way they're trying to tell it that I, we didn't finish it yet. Like we just watched half of it and I was like, uh, you know, it's time to go to bed. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that's it. Over. That's all I can take. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's fine. Um, but it's it's not terrible. It's just they could have. It's like the, the way I was explaining it. Um, it's they're like trying to do Deadpool, and they're trying to do Deadpool storytelling where he stops the movie and goes back. Oh. But they go too they go too far with it. Like she's all over the map. She's like, oh, in this character, oh, I forgot to tell you their backstory, and then just goes back on theirs, so then she's like you know three or four stories going around and then tries to catch back up to where they mm-hmm. left off in the movie and it's like all right this is dizzy like you're going crazy like stop yeah. it. so mm-hmm. but they're like hey that's Harley Quinn and it's like <laughs> <Is that laughs> well, what it doesn't have to be
1: kind of keeping on the, the Harley Quinn train um, one movie I still haven't seen is Joker
3: that that's a good
1: movie
3: <clears throat> yeah I I haven't seen it, but all the trailers didn't really wow me. I don't know. Something about it was just like, eh. Like, I like the idea that they're going like, hey, we're going to do this jerker story that's set in the 80s. And, mm-hmm. you know, that sounds like a really fun thing. Like, I kind of wish some more superhero movies would kind of take some cues from that stuff. Like, oh, yeah. I still wouldn't mind, like, a Fantastic Four that takes place in the 60s. Yeah. You know? And then they can figure out how to bring them to the current day if they want. But, you know, well, stuff like that.
1: Sean, I, I think you, you mentioned earlier that you said that you were um, going back to, like, stuff we're missing uh, because of the uh, iso- self-isolation and everything that's going on. Um, you mentioned the, some of the CW shows.
3: Yeah. I, I think I heard that a lot of the shows don't have an ending this season. Uh, because of this uh, Including flash and it's like oh, that's lousy because I mean I I'll, I'll fully admit that I fell off after crisis like I meant to go back and then um, I was actually kind of waiting for Steph my wife to catch up to me and uh, Cuz she didn't see crisis yet and then I think she didn't see like a couple episodes uh, going up to crisis so she was like oh, I haven't seen it you don't mind and I'm like "No, I don't mind and You know a week goes by we get busy and then two weeks three weeks and then you know you just fall off So I was like well I'll catch it eventually or you know Netflix is pretty good at that Like the next day after the season ends, you know, it's already up mm-hmm. So I can probably just watch the other half but you know now it's like I don't even know what's gonna happen because it's like there's not going to be an ending. So it was like Netflix, just going to wait till May and just release it. <laughs> and so I could just catch up then. Yeah. I mean, it's, it sucks. Cause it's like the, a lot of those shows were, um, I think they were just kind of steering into like how cool it was going to be. Like, it definitely seemed like the CW shows they kind of had like a reboot without a reboot. Uh, right.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, and, in a way, it's weird how because it's weird that we're in this halt of media right now because all these things ended in ni- twenty nineteen, like at the perfect time, <laughs> yeah. you know, to take a break, and and now it's literally there's a there's a real break there's our we have an actual blip the blip you know that they mentioned in Spider Man. Like we're in the flip right now. That's true. Yeah. So, um, but it's funny because it actually gives us all a chance to kind of breathe and reflect on all this stuff. And now when they launch it again, and especially if they, I think if Marvel comes in with fantastic four, it's going to be, you know, right back on like it, like they never missed a beat. They'll be like, here's fantastic Mm -hmm. four. That's how we're opening up, you know, this new era or something like that, you know, like putting them in there somehow I'd be like, I'm back. I'm in, you know, I'm all in. I got,
3: Um, I got a quick conspiracy theory. (laughs) I have a feeling that the, the fantastic four movie that's coming out, I think they're going to do like a Galactus one, like opening up the gate. I think they're going to do Galactus. It just seems like a lot of the Marvel stuff that they've been re-releasing has like, galactus stuff in it like um stitcher has uh marvels like they're doing marvels the the you remember that kirk busick uh Mm -hmm. yeah yeah well they're doing that and they specifically have it surrounded like on the i think it's like the second chapter from the limited series where galactus comes to town and it's the ff and then oh yeah marvel started releasing all those dollar books And it has, like, um, you know, like the Galactus Trilogy, or I can't remember what the title is. Like, Here Comes Galactus. And then, uh, I think maybe even a couple years ago, they released, like, a big tomb of, like, uh, the Fantastic Four. Like, the the Jack Kirby three-issue stuff. Like, it was, like, a, a really nice printed hardcover. So... Conspiracy theory, I kind of have a feeling that that's what they're going to do first. Like they're just going to hit it, like, you know, like they're just going to swing for the fences coming out. Hmm. I could I be totally, utterly wrong, wrong but. That's, well, I, I, even, I think
1: at the, at the very least, I, I think they'll, even if it th- doesn't happen in the first movie, I'm sure it will be. I'm sure they will set it up very, very obviously to happen.
2: Yeah. Maybe maybe galactus is then you know the next big villain you know like
3: the, you know thanos style you know oh, i don't know mm-hmm. if he could be a thanos style villain yeah like that's I the know. problem with the end game because i kept thinking afterwards i was like man what are they going to do now i mean thanos like wiped out half the universe how are you going to top that by like just wiping out 99.9 <laughs> percent of the universe
1: well, I don't. Th- I don't think they do. I, I. I. don't think they try and top that with another big cosmic um, bad guy. I think because they did that and they did it as well as anybody could do it. I mean, I. So I, I think at this point, they at least maybe for the the next phase, they're just going to tell. Just individual stories and and maybe they'll they'll you know connect them somehow to each other but i don't think they'll connect them in a way that will lead to a big plot a, a big plot like it did with thanos and the infinity stones because that was such a a far reaching and you know it, with the stones tying everything together i don't think they could i don't think they could do that again and and not have it come off as hokey or or like ripping themselves yeah. off. I think I think they have to tell their you know put out these movies that are going to be more character based like they're going to do sequels for Doctor Strange and Captain Marvel and Black Panther and they're going to do Black Widow and they're going to do the Eter- uh, Eternals. And I think they're I think these are all going to be like standalone movies for for all intents and purposes, you know, and and maybe, maybe they'll almost do, do it like on a smaller scale where maybe they'll introduce the fantastic four and have Dr. Doom be the next kind of big bad, but all he's doing is really threatening earth, not like the entire galaxy. Like maybe he just wants to rule earth, but yeah, I, I I don't see them doing another, you know, cosmic level event like that because they kind of blew their wad with, thanos yeah yeah
2: maybe they you know because when you think about who else who else does marvel have for big villains like dr doom is definitely one of the biggest um and they could they could ramp it up to him but then they've also already pulled dr doom out of the hat you know in other movies so Mm -hmm. like do they you know would they really rely on him to be the the you know villain at the end or you know some you know or somebody maybe i don't know if they would even do that again because yeah the, the stones were it was such a good concept to drop into into whatever movie they wanted and and just be like it's part of the bigger story arc um but yeah there's no i don't know if there's an element like that that they could even do that again anyway and, and I, yeah, I totally agree. It would just, it would come across as like, oh, they're just doing the same thing again.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I hope they never do Beyonder. So, I'll just say that.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I don't, I don't think, yeah. Well, you know, and, and, and it's almost a shame that, that, well, no, I'm, I'm never going to begrudge Marvel for doing Thanos and the entire infinity stone storyline because it was amazing. They, they yeah. put together 20 plus movies over 10 years and they, they, they just did something that no one else will be able to, re- to do. But that also means we are probably never going to see dark side in a movie because,
3: because oh, yeah. the,
1: the similarities between dark side and Thanos and what they each represent and like their power set, it, Like, it just is going to make DC look like they are just ripping off Marvel. Like, obviously, like, we know the difference because we're huge nerds and we've been reading these stories for 30, 40 years. But, you know, the the, the average moviegoer who only knows these stories from the movies or maybe some animated things or whatever, that maybe – their knowledge doesn't run as deep as ours. They're only going to see, see it on the surface. They're like that guy, he looks like Thanos.
3: I was going to say, like if they're doing that fourth world stuff though, which I, I guess it's on hold, I assume, or I guess like if they're writing it or something like, I don't know what the level is, but I don't know. I think you can do dark side still. Like, I don't, I don't think he'll be a total, parody of thanos like i don't think i I think you can probably bring like a unique edge to him like yeah he's after the anti-life equation but uh, i don't know like they they have two different motives to some extent like Uh visually i can see the i can see the similarities like you can definitely see that uh Thanos took a lot of cues from Darkseid. But, I don't know. I mean, I'll definitely see, like, from a a moviegoer point of view, where they'll be like, oh, that's totally like a Thanos ripoff. i would be like, no, you don't get it.
2: I think they need to reprise, you know, if they have Weird Al reprise his role as as Darkseid in uh, Teen Titans and have him reprise it in the live-action, you know, Weird Al voicing (laughs) Darkseid.
3: Is that at now. Teen Titans Go? Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen that one yet. Oh, like,
2: yeah. Just look up the clip. It's just one clip.
3: Well, my kid's been watching a whole mess of them. Like she's hooked on Teen Titans Go, yeah. and I have to admit, like I watched it with her, and I'm just like, I'm loving it. Oh yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, like it's. F- I didn't think it was going to be any good because I, I think I heard like with, like Neil Adams say like, oh, this is crap, and I was like, all right. I mean, not I like mind. Neil Adams dictates what I watch, but. You know, I
2: was just my, like my well. niece, my niece and nephews actually got me hooked yeah. on it too. So, <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: but yeah. Well, I think just uh, just to, to kind of put a, a cap on the whole on the on the cinematic Dark Side, I, I guess anything's possible. Like, yeah, maybe somebody could bring something different or put a unique spin on the a cinematic version of Dark Side. The only problem, at least for me, is. I have no faith in Warner brothers to (laughs) put out a decent, you know, (laughs) movie. So, you know, especially fourth world. Like I can't, I can't picture them doing, I mean, maybe it's a good, you know, like having a good script and putting out a good movie are two different things because you get so many people involved and, Hey, we, I mean, we were all excited for Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman and, you know, Justice League. Like each one of these movies, you know, I didn't I didn't root for any of them to fail. I wanted them all to be awesome because I wanted to have as much fun watching those movies as I did the Marvel movies. But each one disappointed me in so many ways. And, yeah,
2: you know, except for Wonder Woman.
1: Yeah. That's, yeah, Wonder Woman is probably the, the the best out of all of them. Yeah. But even that but even Wonder Woman like in the the last third of the movie it kind of kind of fell apart.
2: It, it turned into a boss fight. I mean, that's that's like a formula. Yeah. 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 That's a formula thing. They did they basically were like it worked in Iron Man and you know, they never looked back after that. Yeah. So.
1: But I, yeah, you know, you're right and 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 even and Aquaman i I enjoyed the the visual aspect of it and certain storytelling parts of it but overall it was I felt like I was watching a video game
2: oh yeah yeah it
1: was it was just too it was just over it was like over rendered or something I, I don't know how to and like they kept doing these the in some of the action scenes they did the they would like do it like a freeze frame and and do this like 360 degree like rotation of the of the fight. And I'm like, oh my like it, it, I couldn't figure out why that bothered me. Then I'm like, oh my God, it's like a video game. <laughs> I, f- I feel like I'm sitting in, in, in I, feel like Hey-o. I feel like it's 20, <laughs> I feel like it's 20 years ago, and I'm sitting in my buddy's living room uh, in a beanbag watching <laughs> watching someone play, you know. PlayStation One, waiting for my turn, and I am like, "Yeah, this is like a video game."
3: See, I kind of was like on board after that. Like, you had me at, you know, sharks with laser beams. Like, literally, they have sharks and laser beams on it, and I am just like, "All right, if <laughs> oh, I am yeah, riding this no. train, I am riding this train." That's awesome.
1: But no, and I mean that I like. Like, I like the the visual stuff. I I thought it was it was great. It really like it looked like Star Wars underwater, but. Yeah. You know, the the visuals will only take you so far. True. And I'm sorry, Jason Momo is not a good actor. No, he's (laughs) dreamy. Yeah, well, yeah, that's, I mean, he he looks like, I mean, he can kick ass and he he looks like a superhero, but he cannot act. So actually, I take that back. I thought, I, I weirdly thought he was really good in the brief time he was in Game of Thrones. Even though he like yeah. he was not speaking English, I thought he really emoted well in that f- the first season of that show.
2: Yeah, I, I I agree. I think that was the best role he had. I think um, yeah. was it Conan? <laughs> the best role, Night. Yeah, <laughs> right. he was. A- oh yeah, I, I didn't see that. I didn't it's, see it either. No, it's not good. And that's when I was like, that's when I was not on the bandwagon you know i was like wow he's he's a terrible actor you know mm-hmm. but then like he everybody's like he's so dreamy and they you know they just gave him gave him more roles So i think it's
1: <laughs> i think it's kind of hilarious that we think that 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 jason momoa's best role was the one that where he didn't talk
3: exactly. <laughs> well i mean look at arnie i mean all his best role i mean what he went out of the gate from like Terminator and he didn't barely talk
1: in there. Yeah. Well, you know, but you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, he's, I don't know what it is about him. He's got, he's got charisma. He's, he's, there's something about him because, because really, I mean, he's, he's got an amazing physique, but if you look at him, he's really not like classically handsome. You know, he's kind of like, he's got that weird, weird smile with like a gap in his teeth and he's you know he's got kind of like a big nose and like he's not like a handsome dude but like he's not he's not like classically handsome but you put him together with his his physique and he he must have like trained like he must have taken acting like lessons or he must have been trained because i think he eventually his move his his roles did like he did get better as an actor that's why they started putting him he started put, they started putting him in comedies.
3: Oh, yeah, I agree. I mean yeah, kindergarten, I so.
1: kindergarten Cop, are you kidding me? I love yeah. <laughs> freaking yeah, love Kindergarten
3: Cop. A, yeah, that's a classic. I love that. That's one a,
1: too. He's funny in that. He's Yeah. He's funny in so many movies. Twins? <laughs> are you twins. kidding me? I oh, have man. not
3: seen Twins. I'm sorry.
1: Uh shot up. You've not seen Twins?
3: No, I haven't.
1: Uh, dude, that's like 35 years old.
3: I guess I was too young at the time.
1: <laughs> you gotta, you gotta find. It's got to be somewhere streaming. You gotta find.
2: Yeah, twins, twins is a good. Danny, you gotta Dylan, watch Arnold. Oh. Yeah. All right.
0: That's
3: yeah. A good combo. Um, going yeah. back to the the fourth world stuff, I I was a little iffy on it, but then I heard Tom King and I knew you guys said he was really good at it, and I heard good stuff on his on the Mister Miracle thing that he was going to be involved in the script process. So I was like, all right. But then, uh, what was it? Ava Duvall, who is the director on it. And I was a little iffy on it, but then I saw that Netflix series, um, when they see us. And I was Uh, like completely hooked. Like I was hooked on that series. It's a very hard series to watch, like a very gut wrenching, hard series to watch. Like, kind of felt like it was torture, but in a good way. Okay. Like it was just that hooked. Um, Not to bring the tone down it. I'll just make it quick. It's uh, about the central park five in the late eighties. And this is like a dramatization of that, but just the way it was like, just directed and just put together. I was just like, so hooked and just, moved and i'm just like watching like every hour and i'm just like oh my god what what is going to happen next so i figured and she also did um uh shoot it was a, uh, it like came out like a week after black panther and it was like it made just as much money um wrinkle in time oh, oh yeah, yeah. So I was like, well, if she can do this type of storytelling with when they see us and she got weird visuals, then I'm like, okay, here we go. That seems like a pretty good match. Like, again, it might be garbage when it comes out because, you know, DC Warner doesn't know how to mm-hmm. do anything other than Batman. But I'm willing to give it a try.
1: <laughs> well, you know what? Um, I guess I th- won't we'll probably start wrapping it up pretty soon, but I, but I did want to talk about just uh, some comics and, and Sean, you actually gave me a good segue because I started reading the new printing of Jack Kirby, Mr. Miracle collection, the the 18 issues that he did.
3: Oh, wow. Nice.
1: So I, I forgot that I had, I had purchased this collection like last year on comiXology. I think they were at DC was having a sale and, And it's it's huge. It's like a oh, it's well over 450 pages. Because aside from the first 18 issues, there's a section called the Mother Box Files, and then there's another section called the Art of Jack Kirby. So it's it's well over 450 pages. I think I paid like five or six bucks for it because it was on sale. Wow!
2: Nice. Um,
1: but well, and, and just just to be clear, so everyone knows, this is the, this is a digital version. This is not a physical copy, yeah. but it's got that cool um, that that new cover. It's kind of like a. I'll hold it up for you guys to see. This won't help anyone at home, but it's got that kind of like neon. Oh yeah, like that's that's a really bad. It's the, the the light in my office is terrible, but <laughs> yeah, I started reading that and it's um i mean it's 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 a it's a lot of fun but uh, i like the first issue because like you're introduced to to scott free and the original mr miracle and oberon but they don't come right out and, and say like you know you, you don't get his origin in that first issue like you typically would you know it's kind of like the 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 formula for telling a first issue story is, Oh, here I am. Oh, here's, here's where I came from. Here's why I decided to put on a costume. Here's why I'm, you know, fighting supervillains or whatever. You really still don't like after this first issue, you, you really, you know, in this first issue, you really don't know anything about him other than like at the end, he adopts the, the, uh, the mantle of Mr. Miracle after the original dies and, but you get little hints here and there that he's, you know, he's got access to this strange technology that he can do all these other things. And in the second issue, then you're introduced to granny goodness. So then I think it's like they start to build up, you know, they, they're they starting to build up the whole, like the fact that he is, that he does come from like the fourth world and apocalypse and all that stuff. Cool. So. Duke, what are you, what what do you read these days? Just to give us a quick overview,
2: I'll give you the yeah the ten cent tour of <laughs> all the stuff, all the stuff I've been trying to catch up on. Um, I think that probably the most interesting is that I'm trying to catch up on all the there was all these crossover books that DC put out last year, Booster Gold and the Flintstones. Oh yeah. Archie meets Batman 66. Cool. Lex Luthor meets Porky Pig. <laughs> and Aquaman meets Jabberjaw. Nice. And, like I'm going through all those. Cause I, I've, I've had them. Like I bought all those team ups last year. I never read any of them. So I'm working my way through. <laughs> These are some, definitely some of the zaniest books that I have, <laughs> um, but they're good. I mean, there's some good stuff for sure. You know, you get some, you know, uh, Mike Allred and, um, you know, covers and, um, uh, I can't remember his first name, but Ru- his last name is Russell. Uh, the writer.
1: Oh, Mark, he's, Mark Russell.
2: Yeah. Mark Russell. He's written, he wrote the booster gold Flintstones and he, he's the one that wrote the Flintstones. Yeah. Um, series, which I love. So I remember Jared read it, I still remember when he he read it, he reviewed it and he didn't like it too much. But uh I I liked it, but I, I also think that Mark Russell's writes a very specific way and I don't know if he can, you know, do it any other way. Like he's basically like a an observer of, of humanity. <laughs> so mm-hmm. um in the way he writes Booster Gold's you know, future and everything is just sometimes abysmal. (laughs) Sometimes it's funny. So, um, but yeah, those are good. So I'll just, you know, reading those. I also read, uh, future imperfect, um, by Peter David and Greg land. But this is, I thought it was like the original thing that Peter David wrote for, you know, with, uh, the maestro Hulk. Oh
1: yeah, with uh, he did that with George Paris.
2: Yeah, yeah. The, so when I bought it, I bought this. I mean, to be fair, it's a five issue. I bought it for like five bucks, but I was like, oh, you know, I, I always wanted to read that. But this is actually the Secret Wars edition, so it's just a throwaway Secret Wars story.
0: Oh, like, like a one. You know, when they
2: when they did Battle World. Yeah. You know, well, it's a five issue series, but it's oh, but it's also like. You know, because it's on Battle World, it's like who cares? You know, there's no, it's a non, you know, no consequence kind of thing. Um, that said, it was still it was still a fun reading. Um, moving on, um, I read. I'm getting into my Star Wars collection that I had left. Uh, I, I basically fell out of sync with uh, keeping up, um, so I've been reading. Target Vader. I caught up on that. It's basically they they brought back um, a character from the original Marvel series named Lance. And he's a a bounty hunter cyborg. Um, oh, that's con-
1: the guy from, from the from the bounty hunters book.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's that okay. now. They I didn't
1: realize he was from him. the original series. The original
2: Marvel series. Yeah. And so then they did a so I have all these different books, but they did an issue 108 of the original series and they did it so that they could reintroduce Valance. And then it's like, what, a, you know, whatever, but it's kind of just like an overview of what he did in that original series. So then they brought him back and he was contracted by like a, like a, a, re, a rebel cell. To take out Darth Vader. And, um, but he's not a good guy either. You know, Lance is not a good guy, so they ended up making kind of a deal anyway. So, you know, no worries. But that kind of set it up then for the Bounty Hunter series to roll out. So I actually caught up on that. And now, what I'm actually digging into is, uh, Oh my God! Last year, Star Wars rolled out all these one-issue books, and they put them under the banner of like Age of Republic, Age of Rebellion, and then Age of Resistance. Oh, and they're yeah, all character books. Yeah, I, r- I read a couple of those. Yeah, and that's what I'm I'm diving into those now. Like that I just read Darth Maul, Qui Gon, Jin, and Obi Wan Kenobi's books. And they're all good. I mean, uh, Jody Hauser is the uh, writer. And um, there's different pencilers on it. But uh, I think Jody Hauser did like uh, the Buffy series or something, like back in the day. Okay. And, uh, um, you know, it's good. It's good stuff. It just kind of gives a little bit of character uh, insight, you know, for all these different characters. But I'm like, This is the kind of stuff I'm digging through in my box, you know, that I'm like, okay, here's a huge section of books that I haven't read from a year ago that I need to catch up on. So, um, Mm -hmm. But that's pretty much my, that's my quick summation, you know, of staying busy at this time and reading good comics. (laughs) Cool. So there.
1: Sean, what do you, um, well, you you said you finished Fourth World. Have you started anything else or are you, uh, taking it easy?
3: I probably will take a break from Jack Kirby a bit. I'm trying to catch up a little bit on a couple of the other books. Like, I'm sorry, like, Jack, I like Jack Kirby, but sometimes you kind of got to just take a break. Sure. Um, but then again, I might also like, finish up the demon or um i think those were the the other jack kirby book i wanted to finish oh oh Mac. but that's kind of like you know down the line i think i'm going to try to finish the amazing joy buzzards uh the first volume i got called here comes i think it's like here comes the spiders actually this kind of goes back with the uh, teen titans go because I'm, I'm pretty sure like probably like 80% sure that Dan Hip, the artist on Amazing Joy's Buzzards is like a character designer or I don't know, like some sort of creative consultant on Teen Titans Go cause there's a lot of artwork like in between, like it just seems like his artwork is on the screen. Like a lot of his visual cues and everything. Um, I could be wrong, but um, uh, I just finished uh, this one. I guess I should probably say it out loud. Got them by Gaslight. Oh, awesome! <laughs> so that's a, yeah, that's that's, a, that's that's one of my favorites. Yeah. I, I finished the first one. The I guess this collection actually has two stories of Batman during the Victorian age. But I just read the Mike McNola one just today. So, um, I as a Mike McNola fan, I really loved it a lot. Like his stuff, like his early stuff, has always been my favorite. But I mean, like, I just like Mike McNoll as a whole, like, I don't have, like, a certain age but of um, Mike Mignola. But, like, you can see, like, all the little, like, you see, like, a lot of Hellboy stuff in here before Hellboy came around. And now it's kind of neat right. to me. Uh, right. I did like the take. I did. I mean, I, growing up, like, hearing about it, I always knew, like, it was going to be a good story. And I knew that it was going to involve Jack the Ripper um i guess for people that out there don't know and haven't seen the cartoon movie which i'm kind of i'm kind of glad i didn't see the cartoon movie because <laughs> well well anyways i'll tell you real quick uh for the viewers at home it's basically batman elseworld so like batman if he'd be like bruce wayne became batman in like the victorian age like around like eighteen eighty nine, I think it is, or eighteen ninety four or something. Basically like a year after the Jack the Ripper, the the famous murderer, serial killer in London did his stuff. And this is kinda of like hypothetically that uh he came to America, which is actually a um uh I don't I don't wanna keep calling it conspiracy theories, but it's a theory oh, that's a
1: yeah it's a popular theory that, <laughs> Yeah, that yeah,
3: Jack the Ripper moved to America yeah like he might have been like H.H. Holmes or something like that but anyways uh, and Batman is there and he's trying to stop Jack the Ripper sort of and then in the comic like I guess the way it was always kind of like built up it always felt like oh it's Batman versus Jack the Ripper and I'm just like oh okay that's kind of cool see how that plays out The comic actually played out not like that. Uh, It was a lot shorter than than I thought, too. Like, I thought it was going to be a lot longer. But um, (laughs) I guess the one word that kind of came up in my head as I was reading it was a Scooby-Doo mystery. (laughs) Not so much in, like, hokiness, but it was like I figured out who... Jack the Ripper was like on the second page. <laughs> and I was like, that's Jack the Ripper. Uh, but I, I didn't expect how he became Jack the Ripper. So that was kind of cool. Um, I don't know. Can I give spoilers? Should it, I mean, I guess it's a 30 year book. Yeah. Um, and there's a cartoon movie. Uh, it turns out it's, what was it Jack or Jacob? Uh, Packard who is like a family friend to Bruce Wayne like I guess he knew his dad and his mom and um, and apparently uh, Bruce's mom the way it was told in the comic or like the way the paneling was out it just seemed like more in his head that she laughed at him because he like expressed his affection for her and she you know, declined him, And he just kind of like went off the handle and said like, Oh, she was laughing at me. And, you know, so she said he was, he was a bit unhinged. Yeah. And then, um, it was him that sent like a hired gun to kill just Martha. But it just so happens, you know, Thomas was there too. And then he said like, Oh yeah. And I gallivanted and tried to shut up her, her laughter. So I went to Paris and Whitechapel in London, and uh, I think he had a, like another one in there too. So I was like, okay, that's that's pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And Bruce Wayne uh, like takes his mask off and he's like, I'm that guy. You know, you killed my parents, but he was actually, I guess he believed more in law than vengeance. So that was kind of nice. Yeah. So it, it was a yeah, good was, story.
1: Yeah, I, I always I, I like the twist how it was like, basically like, like the origin stories for for both of them for both Batman and Jack the Ripper.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: so it was yeah,
3: and with uh, Mike Mignola's visuals, it was just really great. Yeah. Like it was so good. Like I was just like at an all of just Mike Mignola. So mm-hmm.
1: uh, absolutely, yeah. That's that's I've I. I've loved that book ever since it came out. Gee, was it, was it like in the mid to late nineties or something like that? Like the mid, mid Uh, nineties. That was an eighties. It It was, was I, I think it was like the first, I think it was the first Elseworlds book.
2: It was, I think because I think, I don't know if they even had, you know, branded it that way.
1: No, you're. Yeah, I think you're right.
2: But they launched. They saw how what a success it was, and they launched based on that.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Gotham by Gaslight is definitely one of those is, is worth seeking out. It's a, it's a. And, and Sean, you're right. I, I when I, I reread it, not too long ago, and it, it was definitely a shorter read than I remembered it. Nineteen eighty nine. Oh, 89. Okay. Yeah. Um. Whew. So, but it's it, it's well worth it. I mean, for for the story and for yeah, for the for the uh Mike Mignola art, the, the pre-Hellboy Mike Mignola when he was still working for Marvel and DC. Um cuz even when he was working for Marvel and DC, he did not do a lot of sequential stuff. He mostly mm-hmm. did covers. He yeah. you know, I mean, he did this he did the occasional sequential story, but You know, Gotham by Gaslight. It was. It's kind of a like a like a seminal work for for him and for DC and for Batman, as far as stories that kind of stand the test of time. Which is kind of ironic, considering that it's a period piece. But you know, it 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 was like one of the first stories that that showed that you could take these characters and put them in. just about any time or setting and they would still be the same character that you do them as. Yeah. Yeah.
2: The other one I remember, I knew I, I was like, what other book did he do back then? It was Batman death in the family. He, he did that four issue story. Really? Oh, well, he, he, did, he what did the thing. covers or did he do the covers?
1: He just did the covers, but the covers were really striking.
2: Oh yeah. Okay. Because that was oh, it's to say covers and backup features.
1: Yeah, because that was still that was still Jim Aparo who was doing the interiors, but but those those covers. Well, it's funny because when I was younger, that I mean now i I love his art, but you know when you're when you're young and you're just kind of getting into comics and all (laughs) the art that you see is like kind of more traditional. Superhero comic art, and then you see something like Mike Mignola, and you're like, "What is that? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like that. That looks, that looks weird. Like, like I, I honestly, it took me a while to warm up to Mignola's art, and I, it might have been, you know, Gotham by Gaslight that that kind of did it for me because once I saw what his art looked like, kind of in the proper setting, in like the that grim gloomy Victorian setting it was like oh okay now I get it (laughs) now now I see what what his art is supposed to be doing and then you know a couple years later and then he just started doing hellboy and it was like okay now he's he's doing what he's supposed to be doing you know you know, I, I every so often I'll find you know I'll find a cover or something that he did from the big two, and it's it's really cool. I'm like, oh my god, look at that! He did he drew Green Lantern on the cover of Action Comics Weekly back in the eighties, yeah. and you know, just out he there. Did,
2: he did covers for he did like five or six issues for uh, Classic X Men, and they're they're just mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he he did a bunch of uh, he did some Alpha Flight covers. Yeah, actually, I'm about to read another one from him. Um,
3: I guess I don't need to get it. It's actually right behind me, but it's Cosmic Odyssey. He did the, the oh my god, god.
1: yes, oh, yeah. That was a good. That was a good series.
3: Cool. I know what I'm getting into then.
1: Although I only got like <laughs> yeah. the
3: book one. <laughs> so oh, I'll have to try to find.
1: Well, it's only yeah, luckily it's only four issues, but and they they should be pretty easy to track down. Well, normally they would be. I don't know if right. you know what you're going to do now, but you might be able to find them online or, or find the issues online or find a collection pretty cheap. I mean, it's it's been long enough that that came out. I imagine you could probably find find it pretty pretty inexpensive somewhere online. Cool.
3: Yeah, probably so. look for it. See how it goes with this one.
1: And you can, uh, w- yeah, when you finish it, you can give us a, give us a report. Sure. Well, we're at about an hour and a half. Is, uh, we figure we start wrapping up. Does anyone have anything uh, else they want to, want to mention real quick?
3: Um, I guess season four of seven by seven comics happened this past Monday. with the new, yeah, that's right. El Phantasma. Uh, Scott, I think your day's tomorrow. Yeah, my day's tomorrow, Kaiju Kitty. Which is, uh, it's Wednesday night, so Thursday is Scott's day.
2: So. I'll give you a hint. Kaiju Kitty only appears in one panel. <laughs> this, this season. Way oh. to spoil it. It's Scott. all new, all different. <laughs> You'll see, it's it's fu- it's going to be fun. But I felt like I needed, after three, you know, three seasons of him monster bashing. I needed to hit the story from a different angle. So, so it's going to be, I think everybody's going to like it. Okay. Yeah.
1: Looking forward to it. All right. Yeah. And we'll put a, we'll make sure I'll make sure to put a link to seven by seven, uh, in the show notes. You should, you should definitely, everyone should check out the seven by seven web comics. They're awesome. Literally half of our hosts, (laughs) are, <laughs> yeah. our seven by seven
2: contributors. So Sean, you're on Sunday. I'm still,
3: right? I'm still holding down Sunday. So,
2: and then Jared is what night? He's uh, Friday. Fridays.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So, and then,
1: uh, to, to round out the, uh, just the rest of the seven by seven artists, you've got Ian Sharpley from the McSauce podcast. Good friends of ours. You've got Mikey Wood who was uh, he was our first our guest first. on the show yeah. he was our first and, and, and he, he had the distinction of being our first guest and that was our first live episode. yeah oh. uh, we've got uh, Barry Link who is the uh, the, the uh, old man web comic. <laughs> he just uh, celebrated what is it 25 years. Scott of doing Phineas,
3: more like fifty
1: or fifty. Did you say 50? fifty years? <laughs> fifty years. That's that was Sean. Sean well, said that, is, Barry, not me.
2: Barry is fifty, so
3: I mean, in Barry. Well, he just Barry's posted something that said so. Yeah, I think it's like twenty-five years of. Finn. He
1: said he yeah. just posted something that said that he he came up with Phineas his senior year of high school.
3: That's right.
2: In lieu At, of a senior photo, yeah, that's right.
1: Yeah, that, that so that's got to be 30, 30 years,
2: yeah, or or,
1: or, or almost. Oh, or let's yeah. say almost. Let's say he was 18. Thirty.
2: That's right. He said he did say it was either thirty-one or thirty-two years. That's so what he
1: said. Barry Link, celebrating over thirty years of drawing comics. So congratulations, yeah. Barry. We yeah, congrats. You're the man. Yeah, we 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 bow down to you. He and he then still uh, has that energy.
3: He. He should yeah, see yeah. it on a group talk. He's always <laughs> he's always pranking out something, and he has like four kids and. Just <laughs> well, well, can't spell. Four kids, spell. twelve jobs, no
1: hands. <laughs> uses his teeth. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I've always said this about him: you can't spell barbarian without Barry. <laughs> <laughs>
1: there you go. <laughs> and then um. And then uh, last but certainly not least, the man who brought everyone together, the the Professor X of the group, if you will, <laughs> is uh DJ Kaufman, creator of Hero by Night and Secret Forces. Secret
2: Forces and, and I think this Oh what go ahead. No, go ahead. I think this is uh I think he's his first uh three seasons was like Zombieopolis, but it was like a sub story of Secret Forces. So he's I think he's folding it back in now with this season. Okay. Yeah. So. All right,
1: cool. Thanks for listening to this extra long episode of the comic book pit and make sure to check out the comics on seven by seven comic. Is it seven by seven by seven comics.com? Yes. Yep. Okay. So like I said, we'll put a link in the show notes for that. So it's seven X seven comics.com. This has been episode 348 of the comic book pit podcast. I'm Dan and with me is Scott. You guys And Sean. Bye guys. Thanks again for listening and we will see you next time.
0: See ya.